host, Michelle Prince, founder and CEO of Performance Publishing Group, making a difference one story at a time. We'll be shining the light on successful founders, entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders that are getting results and making a difference. We'll talk about how they built their businesses, are creating movements, and leveraging the power of authority in their own lives. Be sure to stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Let's get started. Hey everybody, this is Michelle Prince, host of the Power of Authority Spotlight. We are shining the light on Courtney Lukish today, who is CEO and founder of Gotham PR, and they do incredible things. And she actually has received many awards and global accolades for what she's been doing for the last 20 years in this business. And also, um, you know, the, the Gotham PR is in 30 countries, 30 cities throughout the United States. So lots to talk about today. But welcome to the show, Courtney. Thank you. I feel very honored to be included among your many illustrious guests. I checked out your roster before I jumped on this morning. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I'm glad you're here because I am a big, I'm a communicator like you, and I am a big believer in publicity, PR, you know, building your brand. I, I help people to tell their stories, but nobody's ever going to find their anything about them or their story or what they do to help people if they don't have a brand and they don't launch that. So tell us a little bit more about what Gotham PR does for clients. Certainly. Um, I like to say we're sort of the secret weapon behind many uh, success stories uh, from where they were to where they are. I actually have a book publishing called Creating Significance, How to Design Your Career, Your Life's Work, and a Lasting Brand. So that is a very uh, on-topic uh, question for, for why I'm here today. Uh, yeah, best practices. I think, um, you know, the word branding was somewhat anathema, I think, to many of our creative clients in the beginning. Now it's the norm, right? So we see this evolution over time in uh, clients thinking that they understand they have to quite literally market their business, right? So whether that's B2B or if it's direct to consumer, the DTC um, category is, is, of course, proliferating during the pandemic. Um, that creating that significance or that lasting brand is different than success, right? So that significance factor, I think, is what, you know, I'm interested in exploring today. And that is obviously purpose and value driven. And as a communicator, you know exactly what that means as a storyteller, right? So we we really only align ourselves with businesses that are on a mission and that are contributing positively to the world. Um, I don't know if you've ever been in a position to hire and fire a client, but I've gotten really um, quite adept at it. <laughs> over the past two decades that um, we really are very hands-on with our clients. We're counsel, we're coach, we're mentor, uh, we're shrink. I mean, you know, <laughs> fill in the blank um, as, as experts and, you know, on call pretty much 24-7, maybe now more than ever. So um, I think that significance factor, we're really, we invest in our clients in as much as they invest in us. Absolutely. And one of the things I, I noticed that about you is that we're very aligned in that. I we are very, we're not the fit for everyone either when we uh, are right. publishing side of the business because we want people that are, you know, on a mission, they're doing something, they're telling their story, they're building a platform for a purpose. And it's um, obviously to, I mean, it's, it's to help people personally or professionally and probably both, you know? And so I love that about what you're doing. Let's talk about creating significance because you said that that's your book and what what does it mean to create significance and how do we do that as business owners and founders and leaders? 
wonderful question. Again, significance is different from success, right? So how do you build that legacy brand or something of lasting value? And I think it speaks to attributes, purpose, and um, really wanting to contribute either on the community side. Many of our clients are service providers themselves. So it's the value that they add to people's lives. We have obviously seen a huge uptick in the whole residential movement. And while we work with a lot of top designers and architects, we work with people who are actually envisioning entire cities and working on sustainability and climate initiatives and, and the, the future way that we will need to live, right, to survive really as a population. So I'm always interested in those big issues. Uh, we also have a lot of technology clients, so they're solving problems, anticipating them left and right through AI or forecasting just in this new environment of how to work, how to learn, how to educate, how to heal ourselves. So I'm in a very privileged position that I get to be the one who sees these things first. I think that's very significant. Sometimes we have to, as marketers, create a whole category that never existed before. And as you know, it's hard to be first sometimes, right? When you work with media, because you have to uh, paint a picture. I remember back in the internet 1.0 days, trying to explain what Bluetooth was to people. Now it's ubiquitous, right? But, you know, explaining a radio frequency and why it's going to change your life and optimize, you know, every aspect of your communications was a, a heavy lift in those days. And so uh, fast forward 20 years and we're, you know, working on AI platforms that anticipate and aggregate and optimize. It's really, it's an exciting time to yeah. be involved with innovation. Well, absolutely. You, you do get that frontline view of that. What is, what is something that you're working on now that is the, the future for us that, that you're enjoying most, that you're most excited about? Well, I think um, I mentioned when we uh, first uh, connected this morning that I was just at a conference in Miami. It was called Pivot Miami or MIA their, you know, acronym. And um, we were talking about all the startup activity there. And um, I've always been a big fan of demographics and studying psychographics and sort of shifts and why people move and how a place changes, you know, placemaking. Um, and that's happening. You're seeing uh, people come from Latin America. You're seeing people come from Silicon Valley because they're kind of over that whole scene and they want to build and create something new in a vibrant city that's full of life and tropical and great. And so um, I was catching some of that spirit that, you know, we had in New York and California 20 years ago that people are just super excited. The money's flowing. There were a lot of, lot of venture capital there. Um, so, you know, it's just interesting to be in a moment of cultural shift, right? So we're seeing that everybody adapted to all these behaviors during the pandemic um, and they were accelerated probably by a decade just out of necessity. So now everybody kind of expects really fast delivery and they expect these sort of optimized services and um, being witness to sort of this zeitgeist shift, you know, the mayor was there and they have a sustainability officer, they have a climate officer. And then to be able to take that back to my clients and say, hey, here's the pulse check of what's going on here. I have a lot of New York clients opening offices in Miami. So we do a lot of business development. I'm doing deals. I mean, I <laughs> was up at four this morning, you know, talking to Sotheby's and talking to Related and Element. These are all really huge um, developers in Miami to, you know, line up meetings for my clients. And it's great. Sometimes they'll sit down for a meeting just as a sort of meet and greet. And all of a sudden it turns into a huge funded project. So I always love to see my clients succeed. Press is just one part of it, right? So, um, many years ago, we kind of shifted more into consulting and change management, succession planning, all these kind of things, you know, from your world as well. And of course, everybody always wants press. So we just kept the PR 
of, you know, attachment there, but it's really just one piece of the pie, right? I mean, it's fun when you have great clients, it's dare I say easy, but um, most of our clients are first in category. So it's not difficult to get them pressed by any stretch. Wow. Well, I just love that, you know, you, you've been doing this for so long. Clearly you're very good at it. Um, I love that you're a women leader. And, oh, I, but I have to know how, how on earth did you get here? <laughs> What's the backstory? Like what, what led you to be at this place that you could have such a successful business supporting all these brands? Well, thank you for asking that because it, that rarely gets asked in interviews. I think just having a curious mind, right. And taking a very multidisciplinary approach, which I was criticized for, I think in the beginning, because in early technology days, you know, you sort of stayed in your lane and you either only worked on startups, you only worked in one industry. And I just decided when I, you know, after I made a lot of money for other agencies in New York to start my own, that I was going to work on things I was interested in. So that was everything from film and television. So we got to work on so many great properties to fashion and entertainment, you know, we worked in the spirits and hospitality category. So it was a blend of all these sort of disciplines, technology, and then merging into design, architecture and development and real estate, which as you know, is, you know, pretty hot market right now. So kind of staying on that bleeding edge and being ability, you know, being able to talk to a business reporter as easily as I could talk to a lifestyle reporter, right? And so I think not as many professionals have that range that they can craft a story to your point and your audience um, for either or, right? And media training a client to be able to be comfortable enough to speak to those different audiences. So oftentimes we'll do a, a practice run and a drill that comes out in print. We'll have clients appear on camera just to assess their comfort level. Some, many are great. And some just say, I do not want to be on camera at all point blank period. So, you know, it's, it's interesting in those scenarios. And again, we're working with a lot of visually driven um, companies and principles, which makes that kind of easier in one instance, because we get to work with a lot of professional photographers. And so the visuals tell the story and then the, you know, designer or architect or creative person can be a little bit more in the background, which I myself am more comfortable with as well. So I, I like to be sort of the brain trust that's in the background sort of um, moving the chess pieces, so to speak, rather than tap dancing in front of the camera. I can do it as you see, but, um, I'm more comfortable being that strategist behind the scenes. Oh my gosh. I'm sitting here thinking, I think everyone, I know I do. We all need a Courtney <laughs> to be doing that with our business. Um, that's really awesome. I love it. And it, and it does sound like you're, you have the opportunity to be in so many different things and, and seeing the pulse on a lot of different things. That's really exciting. And also taking it back to students, I always had a strong mentoring program internal to my agency and many people I've quote unquote graduated from the firm, you know, I told them all try to become a vice president or reach your high school by 30, because as we know, you know, once you hit 30, you're making a lot of different lifestyle uh, choices. And now we're presented with so many more opportunities, I think, than, than ever. And many of them have hit that benchmark. And it's just so exciting to see like, baby bird turn into a swan and just take off. And then they always come back and they're always like, oh, can I do a project with you? Or they'll bring me, you know, a client opportunity because they understand that the value of that coaching and that mentorship. I always say it's important to learn the right way as opposed to the wrong way. Cause unfortunately in New York, you know, a lot of those movies you've seen like Devil Wears Prada and so forth yeah. are very accurate. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, in terms of working with some of the media offices, I haven't had that experience too much. I've had some of it um, adjacent, 
so I like to provide kind of a nurturing, um, sophisticated learning environment. And, you know, as I said, I also, you know, lecture at universities to business classes and startups and so forth. And so it's also fun to like get in the mix of, you know, working with professors and other specialists who are writing books because then they can share their research and introduce me to like innovation districts, incubators, you know, Y combinators and all that, you know, we can kind of geek out on all the tech stuff. So um, it's fun. I mean, it's never boring. You know what I mean? I feel like every day is like doing a new MBA. Uh, (laughs) You're always learning. (laughs) Who wants a boring, who wants a boring job, right? Career. So that's so cool. And to your, and to your earlier question, I mean, it's teaching clients in a way to be comfortable to tell their story. You know, they, they see it as sort of disparate elements. And it's kind of like we go in with the red yarn and connect all the dots and help them fully articulate. I'll give you an example. We have a wonderful, talented client who started out at Ralph Lauren, which is kind of boot camp for design in in New York. And they do beautiful, you know, properties and developments all over the world. Obviously a really big name, but they're taught to be quite modest. And so getting this particular client and he's young, you know, he's only 30. I think he started working when he was 15 or something. You know, we have a lot of go-getter ambitious types on our roster. He just, he didn't even feel comfortable kind of talking about that. And I said, well, it's such a formative experience. Then he's one of the um, rare exceptions who not only does he have super high profile clients like Jimmy Fallon and Hathaway and David Harbour and on and on. um, But he, um, you know, has met with tremendous success. He's been published in pretty much every newspaper and design magazine. And again, very modest. So it's kind of refreshing in a way because I've dealt with the opposite end of that creative spectrum. And mm-hmm. it's I'm sure nice. you see it all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Indeed, I have stories. Not not all of them that I can share in the public domain, but yeah. you, you hear what I'm saying. I mean, I, I feel like I, I try to curate my clients really uh, for the long long term and get them comfortable as they grow into their sort of career trajectory, right? So somebody like that in their early 30s is going to be different from our clients who are more mature in their 50s and 60s who need to reposition their companies or brands and create that sort of legacy, bring up the partners and the younger people in the organization. So we're working with a lot of multi-generational um, companies. And I like to say our constituents are like, 15 year old Gen Z to 95 year old, you know, whatever. Those, whatever <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of people still working into, into older age. So, you know, that's challenging from a communication standpoint because each of those kind of age groups and audiences reads and follows different kind of media. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're dealing with like TikTok all the way up through, you know, 60 minutes, mm-hmm. Sunday morning news shows. Mm-hmm. It's quite a range. So we got to, you know, really stay on top, obviously, of all the digital and all the great tools mm-hmm. that are now available to us and you, yeah. right, as communicators. So obviously, you understand the power of authority probably better than a lot of people we even bring on the show, because you're doing this for your clients and, and through yeah. all the different ways. Well, I'm curious, though, for you personally, like, what is what are some things like that are in, in the works? I mean, you have this book coming out. How are you wanting to expand your own authority, either in, in the business or, or beyond? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, I think it'll ultimately end up being like a masterclass. I love the LinkedIn kind of platform and doing webinars. Um, obviously, I have a very broad constituency, having, as I said, um, raised and graduated so much talent. So there is interest. I mean, people keep saying, when is it coming out? When is it coming out? And of course, I had to edit it, you know, in real time because of the pandemic. 
so yeah, I mean, I, I think taking it on tour to a certain degree, but I think a lot of it could be accomplished vir virtually. I like teaching in the classroom setting. So I think I'll do a little more of that in New York, LA, probably Miami, maybe in London. Um, you know, I still am very engaged with my clients as well. So it's always an interesting mix of how do you divide your time? And, you know, I love to travel, which has only just started again for me anyway. I've been sort of super cautious on uh, that front. So that's kind of what I foresee. I mean, I keep getting offers all the time, like, please come inside my company and run my company or, you know, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. sure at some point, you know, we'll either get acquired or sell or blend or something, you know, that's just the way the market is headed. So that's exciting to think about too. Oh, it's so exciting. I mean, that that's a new chapter that that's, you know, but, but still plenty more to do beyond that too. So last question I have for you is for those listening. So there's plenty of business owners um, who maybe are, are small businesses or they're just getting started or they're not, you know, a huge brand yet. Do you have any advice for what they could do to get started and what would be the most important thing to maybe focus on in terms of PPR or, you know, anything to build that brand? Yeah, great question. My uh, mantra for the past few years has been um, sort of hashtag surround yourself with experts. So it's, mm -hmm. you know, finding a great accountant, great lawyer. Um, great office or co-work space. You know, there are so many proliferating now, which I think is so exciting. It did not exist. I can tell you the thousands of dollars we spent on phone bills and overhead and so oh. forth that aren't even really a factor anymore, which is so awesome for startups. I would say joining a peer group or a group that um, offers, you know, workshop and guidance. There's a great one called startups.com. Mm. Uh, there's all kinds of um, resources that are you know, invaluable, I think, to startups, because you're getting to talk to people who are in it from day one, as opposed to people who are more seasoned like myself. For example, I was on a call yesterday, a CEO peer group, and I was able to refer colleagues that I just met, you know, resources, and they were surprised because they were trying to retain recruiters, which, as we know, can get mixed results, as opposed to going sort of inside industry and taking a more targeted approach. So I always sort of put my marketer's hat on, Everything's a sale, whether it's a concept, a service, a product. So I think getting comfortable in that arena, I mean, I think it's kind of easier now to raise money and to bootstrap either or. Mm -hmm. uh, the market is so flush with so much capital right now. So I think it's a really good time to, and as you see statistically, I mean, it's, um, what was the number? You probably know the number, but it was a huge uptick last year of new companies being founded in the United States. I don't know that number. I would love to know that. I, I know there's, you know, with the mass exodus um, from corporate America, I know a lot of people were starting businesses, but I don't know. Yeah, I want to say it was like a quarter of a million filings or something. It was around that number. So it was, yeah, it was really impressive, actually. And I recommended it. I mean, it, it happened to a few people that I've known since they were children. And I said, this is a good time for you to just leave your sort of toxic and or extremely trying situation and just do it on your own because you're Absolutely. doing it anyway. Mm -hmm. um, you may as well be, you know, at least try, right? You don't know if you're going to fail or succeed, but if you don't try, you'll never know. So that's really my number one piece of advice is don't, and also don't necessarily lean on family and friends to be your advocates as a startup, because they're not going to understand it if they don't have that temperament or drive. You know, if you're surrounding yourself with people who are lifers at companies, or they feel more secure in this, you know, that kind of work modality, then you know, they're not going to understand a, a startup kind of enterprise. So it's really important to surround yourself with that, that more like-minded, go for it type yeah. <laughs> community. 
I, I think that's some of the best advice. In fact, that's that's one of the things I always say. What I did too is, you know, not every when I first launched my business and wrote my book and do all the people had didn't know what to do with that in my world, yeah. you know. So I found communities and I found masterminds and I found coaches and mentors yeah. and people that got yeah. where or or they were already where I wanted to go. And I think that that yeah. is so important. So that's great advice. And just asking questions. Um, again, I would um, express to, to your audience to feel free to reach out to me, Courtney Lukic or Courtney M. Lukic on LinkedIn. I am a great source of referrals. And, you know, if I can't help you, then I'll find somebody who will. My my network is really deep and vast. And uh, I love to help people. That's a big part of why I think I was successful is because I really do like to see people succeed. So yes, I can yeah. totally tell. It reminds me, so Zig Ziglar was my mentor and, and his most famous quote was, you could have everything in life you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. And it sounds like that's what you do. That's been your philosophy. And that's how you've grown your business, which is so awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's something that's in the sort of business vernacular that's entering more of the mainstream. I saw an Inc. article, and I think the Atlantic just did a pretty lengthy piece on it called engineering or creating your own reverse bucket list, which isn't things that you want to do. It's things you don't necessarily want to do. And also taking a less is more approach, right? So it's about giving back now, not waiting. And I try to practice that every day. So if there's um, something I can do to help a business, for example, somebody came to me yesterday saying, can you help me with billboards and pop-ups? And I thought, well, no, that's not what we do, but I do have a resource, you know, that I can point you to. And, you know, we get these far ranging questions and I almost always can find an answer or resource to help somebody. And it just saves them time. Um, You know, we get inquiries from abroad and sometimes they're on target, sometimes they're off the mark, but you know, we're all here to kind of help each other. That's why we're in service. Exactly. That's business services, sales that we're all in business to serve. So that's awesome. Well, how can people get a hold of you if they wanted to reach out to you directly? Obviously the website, gothampr.com. Yep. And that's just Courtney at gothampr.com. Or like I said, through LinkedIn, because then you get included in a pretty high profile network, which I think is advantageous. I'm a strategist at heart. So I love it. it. Well, I am so glad I could definitely keep talking to you for a while, but we're going to wrap it up. But uh, any last things that you'd like to say advice or no, I mean, I would love to just hear your thoughts on the value of um, authorship and, and writing a business book, because it has been quite a, I had to work with a coach and I'm guessing you coach people. And I think it's really important. I would leave everyone with that, that if you think you can sit down and write a book on your own, you're sadly mistaken because you will need a good editor and a professional coach. It really makes a world of difference. Yeah. I tell people it's, it's simple, but it may not be easy. And so if, if it's, you know, if the hard part is getting it out of your head onto paper, then that's what there are resources out there that can do it. If it's figuring it out how to launch it and, you know, then there are companies out there that can help you do it. But um, just like with business, I, I'm a big believer that you want to surround yourself with a community too that gets that process um, because writing a book's not for the faint of heart, but it, it, but it does make a big impact um, in so many different ways. So I'm so excited about your book launching. And so congratulations on that. And um, again, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we're going to wrap it up for the, for the day. But for those of you who are thinking about starting a business or you're just starting a business, take uh, Courtney up on that advice. Find her on LinkedIn. Go to the startups.com um, resource that she suggested. And, but just make it happen. Life's too short. So I think it's time we all jump right in. So that's it for the Power of Authority Spotlight. We'll see you next time. 
much for listening to the Power of Authority Spotlight. If you are a successful founder, entrepreneur, business owner, or leader that's getting results and making a difference, and you'd like to be on this program, please visit performancepublishinggroup.com forward slash podcast to apply. That's performancepublishinggroup.com forward slash podcast. Also, if you got something out of this interview, please share this episode. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag, the power of authority spotlight. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content, so make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our websites, performancepublishinggroup.com or michelleprince.com. And follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.